Hey everyone, it's Jason and Katie, and this is the Funk Travels Podcast. Together we move from America to Turkey to pursue our dream of international living. And now we're figuring out how to live the expat life. Join us in sharing in our experiences, the ups and downs, and travels along the way. Great job. Welcome to episode 47 of the Funk Travels Podcast. We're happy you're here. Do-do-do. <laughs> This is a classic episode where we're going to talk about our travels. Yep. Because yeah, that's what we've like, been doing the last week. <laughs> yeah. It, really, we've been home like 48 hours in the last two weeks. Is that right? It's what it feels like anyway. Maybe not two weeks. It's less than two weeks, but it was a good like 12 days that we were gone. Yeah. So we can talk about it. We aren't usually gone like a week out of the month every month. Does that make sense? Like, but this year we've actually been gone a week in January and then we're gone a week in February. And I think that we have no plans to go anywhere for like May, April, March, April, and May. Um, although I think that probably will change, but we don't have plans to really, we don't have plans right now to leave for another week for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Not in, yeah, not in March anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, we, did choose to go in February to Dubai. And mm -hmm. uh, it's not our first time to go to Dubai, but um, we nope. actually did a podcast episode about Dubai during season one, and it was episode five when we talked mm. about when we went to Dubai the first time together as a couple. Um, because I, I had been before by myself, like before you and I were you and I, but this, the last episode is the first time that we went together. Yeah, and it was hot, hot, hot. Yes, it was in the middle of July. It's not the perfect time to go. It's sunny and somewhat hazy, but it's just so hot that you can't really do anything outside. Yeah, but now it's February, and it was not hot. It was just perfect. Yeah, it had been three years since we went the last time. Is that right? Or maybe it was like two and a half. Something like that. Uh, yeah, um, and our friends that we have there – um, are some close friends of ours, Brian and Catherine. And they have two kids now. The last time that we went, she was pregnant with her first. And, and then we met up with them in Romania this summer, but we actually got to go and see their house and stuff, their new place in Dubai, and see how they like now live life with two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. I mean, it was a good time to just spend and relax with them, but we also did some some other fun things, and we did some less fun things, but uh, it was a good trip overall. I want to know what the less fun things are. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Dubai in the winter is actually really pleasant, and, um, and even though it's in a desert, the winter months can actually get kind of cold. Not cold, but chilly. Like, there's a couple of times where we were out um, if we were in the shade, I was like, this is kind of chilly. Like, maybe I should put a, a little jacket on. But um, for the most part, during the day and out in the sun, it was 80 degrees maybe. Um, it was a little warm for February, but it was actually really, really nice. So I'm glad we went during the winter time, in quotation marks, for them. Yeah, because I went outside one morning, and it was maybe like 9 a.m. and just walking, and it was just so beautiful. Like, it's just like the perfect weather in February. But later, when I was walking home, um, it was like hot in the sun. So it's still, I mean, it still gets warm, especially in the sun. Uh, if you're in the shade, it's its really nice. But the heat comes from the sun, so. Yeah. So a little background on du 
Dubai. You probably actually remember the background more than I do. Uh, what kind of background do you want? Well, I mean, like, just a kind of an overview of Dubai and what it actually, like, it is. Well, the- I think I talked about it quite a bit in the in the last episode we did, in episode whatever you yeah. said. Yeah, okay, so give, like, a five-sentence five, so. wrap-up of the UAE or Dubai. Oh, I don't know. Um, it used to be a really poor country, and then they found oil, and then it became a very, very rich country. And so it's just an ultra-modern, like, cities it's probably not i i mean i haven't been out into any of the like villages and maybe there aren't any i'm sure there are like poor areas but at least dubai and then we also went to abu dhabi like both of these are very like modern built up rich cities but all of it has happened within the last 50 years and a lot of the building has happened within the last 30 years mm-hmm. um so like yeah. what you see dubai as now was not do you, like that was not even none of that stuff was there in the 70s yeah right yeah and if you want to hear more about that go back and listen to our other episode yeah um and i'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to listen to that one as well uh but yeah so dubai hasn't changed too too much in the last two and a half years there are a lot of like newer buildings there's some new neighborhoods they're always building something new and so some of the buildings that were in construction the last time we came are now like available for people to live in or like offices for people now and so it's always fun to go back to a place and see how it's changed and kind of grown but for the most part a lot of the things that people see like the touristy sites are things that have been there since the last time that we went. So there wasn't too many new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, we did basically, there's like two notable things to talk about in Dubai. There's other things. I don't remember if we talked about it. I'm sure we talked about it in the other episode, this Chinese restaurant that we went to the last time. We also went again. Mm-hmm. And it's basically you pay a fixed price and then you can just keep, you can order as much as you want of these really good like Chinese food. Sorry, um, you froze. And so we went we went back there again. Um and it was just just great. Yeah, um, it's like a buffet that they bring to you. Well, like it's a set buffet. So it's like Yeah, it's not it's not like a an all you can eat buffet, but it's like an all you can eat menu and then you just order right. off the menu as many times as you want. But Yeah. And so we definitely went back there again. And if we go to Dubai again, we'll probably definitely go and go back to Kent. I don't know. I, really I, don't, like. I wonder if Brian and Catherine have better places to take us, but we were just so dead set on going to the same place that we we didn't even entertain any other options. <laughs> that No, I mean, we we told them that they didn't have to take like go there okay. if we didn't want to. Anyway, we did because it's delicious, but that's not one of the things. The, the two things that we went to do, um, we went on a desert safari and we ran a 10K. They, and those are the two things to talk about. Yeah, I should should have prefaced it and said we didn't go just to see our friends. Like seeing our friends was like mostly the main uh, reason. I mean, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like, had if they didn't live there, we probably wouldn't have gone. Right? But, yeah. Well, I, and I think okay. So you gave me this 10k as like a Christmas gift. Like you're like we're gonna yes. go run a 10k together, and I already chose this 10k, and it's in Dubai. And I think you chose the 10k in Dubai. Because we knew Brian and Catherine there. It's yeah, like and we bonus. knew we wanted to go yeah. see them. Yeah. Yeah. So that there are 10Ks that are in Turkey, but it was like killing a bird with two stones. No, hold on. 
<laughs> killing two birds with one stone. That's such a morbid expression. Yeah. Or killing one bird with two stones. Either way. No, I it's think both, not. both are applicable. No, because if you hit the bird one time, like you're not going to throw another rock at it because it's already thrown well, off. Might. Yeah, but if it doesn't, like if you throw it and it hits the bird and the bird falls to the ground but isn't dead and you need to kill the bird, you might throw another rock at it. No, that's not, that's not how you... And that's... so that's like our trip. Our trip to Dubai was the bird. We threw one rock of a desert safari. It hit it and it fell and it's not good enough. And so we threw another rock, which is the 10K. And the bird, I guess, is visiting our friends. That is like the worst analogy that I've ever heard. It doesn't mm. even make sense. What do you mean? Sure, it does. No, like so. Okay, you're you killing. Two, two. You're killing our friends, basically. Yeah, but that doesn't. Okay, that's no, it not doesn't. Quite right. No, it but doesn't. But this work. actually analogy works quite well because the original one is like kill. You kill two, two birds, birds with, one, with stone. one stone. Right. So, so this you do two things at the same time. Right, but the other way is you, it takes two stones to kill one bird, meaning that like one stone wouldn't have been enough. Like one of these things isn't good enough reason to go on its own, but both of them together are good enough reason nah. to go. Two stones, one bird. No, like right now I'm imagining your brother listening to this conversation and he's either like completely in sync with your analogy because – you have like this twin thing going on and he can see your logic in it. But I can also see him just being like, Jason, this makes no sense. And you're just, no. it doesn't make any sense at all. And so no. the truth of like, does this analogy actually work is going to come out whenever Justin listens to this podcast and he's like, you made no sense, Jason. That's what's going to happen. No, he'll agree with me. Anyway, you're the one that brought it up in the first place. No, so. I messed it up. That's what happened. And so I was trying to correct myself, and you were trying to not correct me. Okay. Well, anyway. So anyways, the reason that we went to Dubai was to do this 10K, and we went to Dubai to also see our friends. And the reason Jason chose it is because our friends live there. Um, and it was kind of actually – it was kind of last minute how we decided to do this because we were going to buy plane tickets. We didn't buy them right at that time because I didn't know like the exact dates. And it was really all on us. Like our friends were like, whenever you want to come, come. And um, and then the tickets prices went up. And then we were like, okay, well, now we don't know if we're going to pay that much to go. And then I said, okay, we'll look one more time. And if the tickets are lower, then we'll just get them. And when we did, it was actually lower than the first time any other time that we had looked. Um, but the flight times were awful. Oh, yeah. Awful. So we bought them at a really cheap price, but the times to fly were actually really terrible. But we did it because yeah. we love our friends. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> right, and we could have gotten more expensive tickets with the better times. But yeah, I kind of had forgotten about our travels. Um, How did you forget about that? We were delayed like, well, like a whole day. Them. Blocked yeah, it out so of your we, memory. We ended up getting to Dubai a day late because uh, our flight, we left Izmir at like, we're supposed to leave at like, I don't remember the exact time, 6.30 or something. And then our we had a night flight out of Istanbul and it was originally scheduled. So we had about an hour and a half layover in Istanbul, which would have been just enough time because we have to like switch terminals and go from the domestic to the international, leave immigration, blah, blah, blah. But um, our flight out of Izmir goes from like on time to delayed an hour and a half. 
And so from just like that, our hour and it was an hour and 40 minute layover got turned into a 20 minute layover. And we thought, uh, maybe we can make it. But um, it turns out even before we left Izmir, they had already rescheduled us. On, on our flights, but they didn't tell anybody, which made some people really mad. And so um, we, after we got off the plane in Istanbul, we had like rushed to try to like get to the next flight and they stopped us. And I just uh, thought they were going to one like, of the guys that the... got stopped was very angry and just kept yelling and yelling and yelling with this guy. And even though there's there's nothing this guy could do, he was just venting steam, I guess. But he was like, you know, if you knew we were not going to make it, why did you have me leave Izmir? I just would have went home. I would have slept in my own bed instead of sleeping all by myself in a hotel, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah, he was not very happy. No. And, well, I thought the guy to the to that side was like, okay, I'm calling you over because we're going to, like, get you to the next place. Like, they're, we're waiting for you for this next flight. Because really, like – we could have made it. We could have made it if they had said, like, we're going to move you forward. We're going to move you to the next line. We're going to, like, push you through. Because we had maybe 20 or 30 minutes. No, we had, yeah. no, we had like, 15. Probably had, like, 15 well, minutes. But I thought. Yeah, I mean, but either way, we could have made it. Potentially. If, because our bag. If they escorted us and, like, took us right to the front of the immigration line and, like, you know, we, we could have made it. Yeah, because if our bag but, made it, then we could have made it. Yeah, so that's the thing. They put us in a hotel for the night and the next day too, because there's only like one flight that this carrier has a day, and it's like a night? nine p.m. And so Once a they <laughs> they put us on this flight or put us in a hotel room, but we didn't. Our bag went on to Dubai, and we didn't bring any carry on bags, and so. We didn't have our luggage and stayed in a hotel, and it turned out fine. It was Valentine's Day, actually, and so we just spent Valentine's Day in a hotel room in Istanbul and didn't leave because the hotel was, like, in the middle of nowhere, and so. Yeah, so they gave us um, breakfast and lunch, but no dinner. Because we left at, like, 6 p.m. Yeah, So. Um, and so we, yeah, it, it all ended up working out okay. It just meant that we like missed a day, but it actually was really good for you because you were able to work. Um, I got some work in. Yeah. But, um, and so since we didn't have anything, we like went to, this hotel was like 20 minutes away from the airport, but not in the direction of Istanbul, like even further away from Istanbul. So Istanbul has two airports. One's Ataturk Airport, which is like on the European side, and it's a lot closer to um, Istanbul. It's just you can even get like a metro that goes all the way into town. This other one's on the Asia side, and it's really far away. Um, but they say it's still like an Istanbul airport, uh, but it's really far away. But the people took us 20 minutes further away from Istanbul and there was nothing around this hotel. There was a hotel and then there was um, a market at the bottom of the hotel and that was about it. Like there mm -hmm. was no pharmacy there. I guess we could have maybe taken a taxi to the village, but the lady didn't even say that the city nearby was a city. She used the word village. She was like, maybe there's, there is a pharmacy in the village if you want to take like a taxi to go to the pharmacy in the village. And I was like, we are in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. but we are interested to see how our 
baggage delay insurance comes through. So our credit card that we have um, has a lot of perks to it. And one of them is we get $100 a day for our baggage uh, delay or not having baggage if our flight's delayed, like trip insurance, that type of thing, baggage insurance, that type of thing. Well, we get up to $100 reimbursed. Yes, reimbursed. Not like we just get it. but They don't just give us money, right? But um, I have... I haven't start I haven't actually submit the claim, but I start I did submit the claim with Pegasus Airlines, which is the D- Turkish discounted airline that we used um to fly. And I haven't heard anything back from them, and I don't think that they will write me back, but I think this week I'll go ahead and write um our credit card company and submit a claim with them cuz they ask like did you submit a claim with the airlines and I will be able to say like yes and it's been a week and I haven't heard from anybody um and I I doubt that we will hear from anybody so we'll see yeah so we'll let you know in the future if we did get this reimbursement for them and if we did then that's like that's great <laughs> like yeah i i mean like, I, it would have been better to get there yes but. it would have but i mean it's just one other perk of having the card that we have. Yeah. Anyway, so we did make it to Dubai, and it was good. And um, we rented 10K. Mm-hmm. And it was terrible. No, this is your – it was not terrible. This is your first race ever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you start off the story. You say, it was my first race ever, and I finished it, and I did really awesome. I prefer to start it my way. You're so pessimistic. So here's the thing about this. Like, I have always made fun of people for, for doing these races in the past because, like, when your sister or even you or whatever say you're looking for a 10K, I'm like, you know, you can just pay me a bunch of money and I'll time you and you can just go run one. Like, you're paying for what? What are you paying for? And usually the answer is like, you know, there's all this stuff to do and there's lots of people and exciting and you get this free stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's and an it's experience. Fun to, it's an ex- Well, this experience was just not, I mean, okay. There were people there. There was what? I don't know, 500 people, 300 people. I don't know how many people. There's quite a lot of I people I will there. admit this wasn't the best race you could have chosen for your 10K. Well, I didn't know. I know, but I'm sa- I'm just saying like- we have to do another one, and maybe I'll mm. choose it this next time. And well, so anyway, so we get there, <laughs> and like, it's it's a little evident. Like we get our little paper number things, and we get these little shoe tags that like time you. Um, but the only things that I have there is there's like this little coffee shop stand thing that you can buy coffee, and that's like it. Like they, a lot of these previous races that you've been to, there's like food stands and like vendors that you get all the stuff, but no, this, they had free water and that's it. Like they didn't have anything else. And the course was like a 5k little circle that you ran twice. And so it's not even like new scenery and you could see the entire course the whole time. So you could like see everybody who's running the whole time. And so you you have just this sense of like how far you have to go the whole time instead of like if you're running 
like with lots of loops and around lakes and rivers or what i mean it's a desert run so we you know around sand dunes or whatever like it's like oh what's around the corner i gotta run past the corner but no you could just see everything and so it was kind of a boring track and the podcasts that i download were boring and the sun was hard the sun was the sun was really hot yeah and uh yeah and i and you beat me and I didn't get under an hour. <laughs> okay. And then there was no Did, water. Okay. I mean, there was stop. water. There was Just nothing else. Stop. Stop. You're being so negative about it. And Terrible. Stop. Because that is not, you were actually very proud that you finished it and you were very happy with your time. So stop acting like that. <laughs> stop it. I would, stop it. I'm going to show you that video that just says, stop it. I wasn't super happy. I mean, I had no expectations that there was, uh, so I had run like 10K twice before, like in preparing and preparation. And I do think that this was the fastest of those three times that I've completed 10K. Not like maybe it was fastest. It was the fastest that you have run this. It's the fastest I had run it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, not like, not ever, but like. In this year that I've been running, like, and since I've been in Turkey, I have not been running very fast. And so this was a faster pace than what I had been running. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, we ran and uh, we finished and uh, then we went home. You just, you make it sound terrible and it wasn't. You were actually, you were excited about the beginning. You were excited about your number and you're excited about the the little medal that you got at the end of it. And like, it was really good. You're right. The course wasn't that good. And the atmosphere was, was okay, but it wasn't like great. And I think that um, like if we did another race and you like can see how exciting it is to do these other races with other people, like then, then you kind of get it. But when we talked to Brian about these races, he also said like it wasn't – it's like people come out and they do this race, but there's not like this camaraderie feeling that you have when you do these other running races in other countries or um, like in the States, like you cheer each other on or you have people with like signs. So like when we did – when I've done my half marathon or marathon in the past, like families come out and support you and like there's people that are yelling for each other to like cheer them on and like that was not how this went like at all like I we were doing we did these two laps and then the second lap around um the first place people were like starting like we could see them coming back because there's a couple of courses like places on the course where people were running in as you were running out that type of thing and so we actually got to see the first place people's finishing up as we were like doing our second loop and I was able to like cheer them on and like nobody nobody else did that and so this was not in my book this was not a normal type of race and it is not this is what I'm saying no but oh I so wish we would have done a different race just so that you would have been like like you wouldn't be so negative about it right now uh negative about it right now because other races yeah. are not like this. Like other races, people are I know. cheering I mean, and you're happy. Like you've been to those this. races. You've been the yeah. person on the sideline that has cheered me on. And so right. like we need to do one where that's like exciting and people are cheering you on and like you're happy to be there and one that isn't so hot and one that doesn't – you don't repeat the course. And so hmm. 
Well, I mean, maybe. That's why I'm I'll saying we say have maybe. to do another one. Maybe. But I do know, I know, I don't want to do one longer than 10K. I mean, you you were like, oh, we can now go train for a half marathon or whatever. And I just have no, I have no desire to do that. Like running for an hour is, I guess it's fine. But any any more than that, I just have no interest in doing. I think that we need to find one that has that's in a really cool place. Like, would you run two hours through the city of Rome and like I run through a bunch of ruins so. and like ancient streets? Two hours is just a long time to do anything. Yeah. So anyway, I, that was that was our 10k experience, and um, yeah. So here's we'll the, have to see. Here's a real question because you did say this after you finished the race. You said, "I'm not. I don't ever have to run again." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" And so the question that I have for you now is: Now that this is over, do you think you'll keep running? Um. I'm like behind the mic right now, shaking my head yes, so that Jason can see me. Probably. <laughs> there are more reasons to run besides running for a race or for me. Yes. Right. Do you Probably. feel like do you feel like generally it has improved your health in some way or form? In some way or form, it has, but I I can't quantify that. I mean, I know that when I started running was like unbearably terrible. Um, And now it's not unbearably terrible. And so something has changed. And it seems like it's better to be able to run than not. And so I would say that improve. That's an improvement. But like, as far as like, am I healthier? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Hmm. Well, personally, I hope that you keep running because I know because my friend, my German friend that I run with is going to be leaving here at the end of April. And so and she's my running buddy. Yeah. And I won't have someone to run with. And so I'd like to have somebody to run with. I know. So you need to find somebody else to run with. (laughs) And I okay, so this is. This is a little bit on the side topic, but um, I'm actually kind of excited to be running either by myself or with you because then it means I listen to audiobooks and we bought a new audiobook with our Audible credit and it's the biography of Alexander Hamilton and Mm. it's really, really long. And so if I run with Jason, I can't really, I mean, I do talk to him sometimes, but I'm not supposed to talk to him. And so if I can get him to keep running, then I can like run with somebody but not have to talk to them because I'm listening to the audiobook. This might be a good time to bring up that this podcast is sponsored in part by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> no, not really. Anyway, so we should get back to Dubai. Okay. So I'm going to just say one more thing. Well, then... Okay. Just one more thing about it. I want to personally thank you for my Christmas gift. And I want to say how proud I am that you actually did the 10K and that you did this 10K with me because it really meant a lot to me. Oh, well, you're welcome. Okay. Now we can get back to the rest of Dubai. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, so that was one thing. Um, the other thing we did was went on a desert safari. And if you were like me, and when you heard that we were going to go on a desert safari, you would think we're going to be like in a Jeep and driving around and looking at the lions and the giraffes. Um, but that's that's not what this is. What you need to picture is waiting in front of a supermarket and then getting to a old rickety bus that's completely full with 30 other people, even so that there's like seats in the aisles that you're sitting in and then driving out um, and uh, to the desert. Yeah, right? it it was okay. So <laughs> I was I'm mixing two things here. Yes, First, you were mixing it wasn't, two things. <laughs> there were no animals. Like that actually there were camels. That's the main thing is that you this, thought you were going to be on like a jeep looking at animals from the desert. This is right. That's this is the, the main only, problem. That's the only context in which I've used the word safari before. And so uh, if there are no like animal watching, then it wasn't a safari. But now I know that a safari has a different meaning, I guess, too. Yeah, well, and it's not like I didn't send you the email or show you the website that actually told you what you were doing in the safari that you may not have read before we actually went on the safari. So, like, it's not like I didn't prepare you for it. It's that you didn't prepare yourself. I'm not blaming you. Okay, I'm not blaming you. I'm just, I'm just helping our audience to maybe has the same false idea about what it included. But what it included was uh, a dune bashing excursion, Mm -hmm. camel riding, um, and then a bunch of little other various activities that you could include, like getting henna done, or there was a hookah place to smoke, or sandboarding, or there's just all these basically... We got in this bus. They took us out to the desert. And then we got in these Jeeps. They're not Jeeps. What were they? Land Rovers. Yeah. And when dune bashing, which include, which basically you like driving fast through these sand dunes and um, like sliding down the side of them and like going over hills. And to do this out into this kind of like area that they have in the middle of the desert where they have this big... I don't know what would you call it arena. It's not an arena, but it's kind of like it's kind of like a little. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like an arena. It's just it. So it's there's a stage in the middle, and then there's like tables spread out all around the stage, and then outside of that they have little. There's like camel riding out there and dunes that you can go and take pictures. It's like on an open air restaurant. Like an open yeah, air okay. theater type thing, and the stage yeah, is in the yeah, middle. Yeah. The the like seats are circling around the stage in the middle, and then around that are like a bunch of huts. Some for food, some for people, some for you Drinks. know, yeah, all that yeah. other things. So, yeah, and so we rode camels out there, and we sat on the sand and watched the sun, and we, um, and then we went in and sat and waited for dinner and. When dinner was ready, there was like some shows. There was like a fire, fire dancer show and a belly dancer and uh, some other guy. I don't know what you would call the first guy. Just some. Oh, a whirling, a whirling dervish. A whirling dervish was actually a yeah. Turkish thing. They're yeah. like men who like they just twirl, like they twirl, like a top, and it's a type of dance. <laughs> no, no they, like literally, actually- they literally twirl for like minutes on end like just minutes yeah, like like a top right 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like they're twirling, not a top on top of them, like not a top or a ball on top right. of them. It's like they're, they're twirling. twirling like a top. Why? <laughs> I don't understand why that's confusing. I don't because whatever. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was actually a very lovely evening. Yeah, it was actually really, really nice. And um, I think so. The last time that I had done this, um, we we always had enough people. Like I was single at the time, so we would have four or five people who would want to do this. And so um, like we would pay a company and then the people would pick us up from wherever we were at. It would be in the Land Rover. And so like we never did this like hop on a shuttle and like cart 30 people together to this place. And um, like it just was nicer, but I think we actually paid more for (laughs) – for this as well and like we had the land rover like we weren't with people but we did do the dinner with people and so all of the like stuff before the dinner was done on our own like the dune bashing the like surfing the sand surfing which is just like getting a board and like finding a steep sand hill and sliding down it um and then like taking pictures in the desert that type of thing was all done before we even got to the dinner place but the dinner place was with other people who also came um this one just seemed to be a lot more like carting massive amounts of people from one place to another it was it was just a a lot more public than it wasn't as uh, personalized experience or customized um, because we we were just two people in a, in a big group of people instead of having like our own car. Yeah, it was definitely a volume business where they're making their money by having just lots and lots of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can do it several different ways because the, the reason we did it this way is because I found a Groupon um, and Groupon.com is a thing in the States, but it's also um, really big in Dubai and some other countries. But um it's basically like discounted tickets um, for things or discounted prices on food, that type of stuff. Um, and so I had found two tickets for pretty cheap and um, people – and then I emailed them to reserve our spots. And I wasn't ch- exactly sure what it was going to happen, but they basically advertised everything that the other places, like the things that I've done before, they advertised everything the same way. But it just wasn't as like – you'll be two people in a car of five and you'll be in the car the whole time. It was like, we're going to shuttle you to a place that's like an over an hour away. Um, so if I had maybe done it through like a company and just said we're two people and like paid a lot more money, then we could have had a little bit different experience for sure. Yeah. But overall it was, it was really great. Um, oh, I sh- we should maybe mention that this happened on the same day. And so we had gotten up early did our race and then in the afternoon left to do the safari. It wasn't originally planned that way, but because we missed, like we arrived a day late, we had to reschedule it. Yeah, um, and we were. And so I was. We were just really exhausted. <laughs> we yeah, we were tired. I wasn't feeling super well after the race, and uh, but it ended up just being a very lovely evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It did. It ended up being nice. And the it was like the perfect temperature, so it wasn't cold. It was nice to be outside. Yeah. Um, the desert was – like the sunset was pretty over the desert. And um, you rode a camel for the first time. That was – We rode a camel. We did. Um, so that was really fun to do that together. And um, mm-hmm. what else? There's like a lady that did henna. And so I got my like little henna on my hand. And then you could take like pictures and traditional like – 
Emirati wardrobe. And then what else? They had like a little area for shisha and uh, for hookah, like smoking. Um, What else do they have? Yeah, just little vendors and like a bar and food. and. Yeah, yeah. I will say this though. Um, We were, I think we were, everyone was really hungry and we weren't sure like when they were going to actually serve food. They were waiting for everyone to get there. Um, And then they started the, I thought they were going to like serve the food and then we would watch the show. Um, But they served like a snack and every, (laughs) they served a snack. And then they they were like, we're going to start the show. And then maybe after one of the persons or two of the shows that they had, because they had like three people who did this these performances. And uh, they were like, then we're going to have dinner. And I promise you, everything was ran really late. Like they should have just fed us before the show started. And then people could would have just sat there through the whole thing. Um, but I just thought it was really strange. They like served us a snack and then they served us food in the middle and then, like, still had performers performing when everyone, like, started getting up to leave, um, which I thought mm-hmm. was just awkward. <laughs> yeah, but the food was actually very good. Yeah, it I was really, really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, anything else you want to mention about Dubai? Um, what else? Uh, I think Dubai is just a good – it's a good in-between place for us, like, to be able to see – it's always really good to see people that we know well, um, but Dubai isn't a place I would really want to live, but it's really nice to go to because it has all of the American commodities that we don't have here. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really good things here that aren't like there's a lot of restaurants and good restaurants and things, but uh, Dubai still has a lot of international chains and a lot of American food chains. So uh, they have chilies there, which if you recall from our summer travels to Asia, we chowed down on some chilies. And chilies are just the same everywhere. So I know if I go to a chili, I know a chilies that we're going to get chips and salsa. And it's the exact same chips and salsa that you get in America. Um, and so one day we did go eat there. And then they also have Krispy Kreme. So I got Krispy Kreme donuts. Thank you, Brian, for getting those for us and then just some like other things like i know i can find almost anything there because they really cater to the expat community that lives there and there's just tons of shopping that you can do um so it's it's really it's a good place like if we wanted to go and do shopping or like get away for a little bit know that there's like some of the food that we miss is there that type of thing but it's not it's not really a place that I would really want to live for long periods of time, but um, I think you said the same, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So um, after Dubai, we went up to Abu Dhabi for- (laughs) I almost uh, forgot that we did that. (laughs) One night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it turned out really, really- well because we were gonna just like take a bus or something but our friend had to go up that morning to abu dhabi anyway it turns out and so uh we just caught a ride with him and it saved us a bus trip and so that was really nice it's about an hour drive from dubai to abu dhabi so uh that's good and turns out my brother's in-laws lived in abu dhabi for a while and so like back when like his wife was just a babe and so that was oh, it's kind of neat to see where they lived, though I'm sure it's super different than when they lived there. 
But uh, yeah, we didn't do too much in Abu Dhabi. We we rented some bikes and rode up and down the coast a little bit, which was nice. And saw um, Palace, went to one of the malls. But the main thing we did, which was cool, was we went to the Louvre. Now, you may be thinking, Jason, the Louvre is in Paris. I know, but... <laughs> they have one. <laughs> they have one in Abu Dhabi too. There's like the one in Paris, and then they have one in Abu Dhabi. So uh, we went to the Louvre. Yep. And as we were driving by the Louvre the first time, I think Brian had pointed it out, and he was like, "What do you think of it?" And you're like, "It looks like a bird's nest." <laughs> yeah. And it does. It has. So the Louvre in Paris is like it's known for this like pyramid of glass type shape and there's all these pictures of people in front of it like standing just far enough away where it looks like they're holding the tip of it of the pyramid in place this is not like the louvre at all like at all it doesn't look like it it doesn't resemble it at all no no um it looks like a bird's nest (laughs) it looks like an inverted like an upside down bird's nest yeah it's basically like this dome of metal yeah intertwined not intertwined overlapping mesh mesh. from the outside it doesn't look that cool but from the inside it's actually really neat yeah so i thought it was built on land it's actually built in the water yeah so the whole thing is surrounded by water and the water in abu dhabi is Super clear um, and really blue. It's not an island, but it's like a peninsula. Yeah. And so then the sun shines through this um, like overlapping mesh and then it reflects off the water onto the walls and in through the mirrors into the rooms that have all these different artwork displayed. Yeah, it just it creates like a really unique kind of ambiance of the place like whereas like Abu Dhabi can be really hot and the sun can be really bright like the way that they created this building is so that like the sun can come through but it's not overwhelming you because the whole building's white Um, Mm -hmm. and so it could be that you like you see this white building in the sun all the time and you just can't look at it but that's not how it is from the inside it's it's it was they did it really really well yeah, and um, I think compared to the Louvre in Paris, this one doesn't have as much famous artwork. There was only a couple of things that are probably quite famous. There was one Da Vinci there, um, a couple of Picasso paintings. but A few Pollock, thought- Jack- Jackson Pollock, and then The Whistler by, mm, I don't remember. But it's the old lady that, like, you get a portrait of this old lady sitting in a chair. It's called The Whistler. What I think was the cool thing about the museum is at least in the beginning part before they got to like all the paintings, they chose this, this idea of like picking different like themes or concepts throughout that are kind of shared among all kinds of society like motherhood or um, man or traveling or religion and whatnot. And then they picked um, common artistic expressions from diverse cultures like um 
if, so if it's motherhood, they'd pick like a statue from Africa, one from South America, and one from China, and put them all next to each other. And the statues look similar or have similar concepts. And so they would do this um, with lots of different things kind of all throughout. And so you could see how the same idea kind of expresses itself in the same way through various cultures throughout throughout the world and throughout like history. I thought it was actually quite quite neat. Yeah, and part of the you can get tickets online. You can also buy them at the door. Um but they have a multimedia guide that you can get as well. Um and mm-hmm. they're like these little mini iPads that you carry around and not everything's marked and I actually thought some of the cooler things that I wanted to know more about <laughs> needed to be marked. Um but they marked things specifically and they had a number that went with them. But in in the iPad instead of having like instead of having like just a little listening guide that you press a number in, you could actually see the pictures on the iPad and zoom in to see like some of the details that you maybe couldn't see like, cause you just couldn't get close enough to some of the artwork. Um, mm-hmm. and like it would show you a different angle, um, that you couldn't necessarily look at. Um, and that, that's what I really liked about that guide. Yeah. And here's a pro tip. You can pay to rent the guides at the thing, but they also have an app that you can download for your smartphone that has all of the exact same content. And so we initially didn't buy the guide because we were going to just download the app um, because they had Wi-Fi there. Uh, But the Wi-Fi was just not good enough, and so it didn't actually work to download it. And so we went and just bought the or rented the the guide. So if you do go, make sure to download the app prior to going to the mall, the museum, and make sure you get it all downloaded, and then you don't have to rent the guide. That's true. Um, So that was probably the coolest thing that was in Abu Dhabi. That we saw. That we saw. And um, that's kind of a newer a newer thing. Um, mm-hmm. So you had two things that you wanted to see, basically. You wanted to go to the date market, and you wanted to go to the, um, the big mosque there, the chic something mosque. Yes. It's like the famous mosque in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And so we did go to those two things, and I wanted to go to the Louvre. And so those were the three things that we went and did, basically. The date market was... I don't know. I mean, what did you think? I thought it was fine. (laughs) It wasn't anything super special. Okay. So for Abu Dhabi, you can get these like day tour packets. And we didn't do that. We just kind of were like, okay, we're going to follow the big bus tour guide list of things, like kind of their drop-off points of where they drop people off. Um, And I just kind of like took this like day tour guide and the bus tour guide um, and put picked out a few of the different places I wanted to see. And that's just what we did. Because we thought, oh, we can ride these bikes to these places and then, like, use the bikes to go around. And it didn't actually work as well as we thought. Um, But um, the date markets was one of them because dates are just such a huge part of, like, the Central Asia Middle East culture. Um, One, because dates just grow in abundance in these places. But also because um, it's kind of a part of... Uh, dates are just a part of mealtime, greeting people, um, welcoming, and um, expect in breaking a fast. So, like in, during the time of Ramadan, where they fast for forty days, forty days or thirty days. I'm getting Lent and Ramadan, Ramadan mixed up. So, anyways, 
like they break fast with these dates. And so I didn't realize that there were that many types of dates, but they have a market there um, that people can go to and see. But how we got there was just a little bit tricky. (laughs) And so we were like, we took a bus and then we walked and I was just really afraid that the date market wouldn't be where I thought it was. And it wasn't like all that it was hyped up to be. And we did arrive before several groups ended up coming. Um, but I've, I'm actually really glad that we went because there was just like a whole, like maybe 20 stalls, stalls <laughs> lined up side by side, all displaying their dates and like different types of dried fruit that you can get from them. And I just did not realize that there were that many uh, to choose from. And so we learned a little bit about dates. We actually bought date date paste. We didn't buy dates from them, but we bought paste, which if you are like a natural food cooker type person, or if you like substitute sugar, everyone calls for using date paste and dates. And so we bought some of that. I was really excited about it. So it wasn't like the best thing ever, but I'm actually really glad that we went because I hadn't seen dates sold in like mass quantities like that anywhere or like ever before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was neat. And the last thing we did uh, was, and we did this like on the way, we left the hotel and we took a taxi to this mosque because it was like halfway to the airport. And so this mosque is the, it's like the biggest mosque in probably the UAE. I don't know for sure. And honestly, I don't really even know that much about it, but it's beautiful. And I think you said when we arrived, like it reminded you of the Taj Mahal. And I think in a, in a sense, like it does have that feel. So it's this big, just white, massive structure that's just beautiful. And, um, we we both we had to take turns we had all of our luggage with us and so we took turns like just sitting out with the luggage and then one of us would go and walk through it and then come back and the other one went and walked through it and it was beautiful and the sun the sun was setting and the mosque is just it's very pretty on the outside on the inside it's a little i think you said gaudy which is funny mosque gaudy but you mean gaudy no i didn't mean that (laughs) all of it was i meant like it was beautiful, Gordy. and then there were just a couple of things that I was like, why did they pick that to put there? Yeah. And it could have just been a gift from, like, an important person, and they just they just kept it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the building was just completely white on the outside, and just massive, massive structure. Similar to, like, the Hagia – no. Well, the Hagia Sophia is very big, the one in Istanbul – but the one across from the Hagia Sophia is called the Blue Mosque. And that one as well is just ginormous and structured. Not ginormous. It's big. Um, but if you've ever been to the Blue Mosque in Istanbul across from the Hagia Sophia Museum, which used to be a mosque. Um, it's not an active mosque anymore. It's just a museum. Um, this, like if you walk into the Blue Mosque, there's like ma- like huge – there's outer walls with an inner court with a – outer courtyard and then there's another set of walls that go around the actual mosque with the inner courtyard and so you can walk through these two huge doors and then you're presented with just like this huge like inner courtyard um that actually nobody was walking on but then you get to see like the mosque that's behind like from the big doors you're looking at the mosque um 
and it was it was it was it was actually really pretty. And then you can walk around the walls of the inner courtyard, and uh, the way that they had it, everyone had to walk the same way. Um, and then you can actually walk into the mosque and then back out and come back. Um, but as you're walking towards towards the mosque, like the inner, like even the inner, inner part of the mosque, because these are just the outer courtyards, um, they had inlays of flowers into the marble flooring. And then as you walk into the inside of the mosque, they just, all these wall, um, all the walls had these flowers that like came up the sides of the walls in the mosque. And like the flowers actually were 3D, like they stuck out from the wall. And those were actually really gorgeous, the architecture on it. And so you follow these these hallways and these flowers are all kind of going up the wall and surrounding them against this white marble. These colorful flowers are coming up. And then you go into the actual mosque and you're, it's just a very long rectangle-shaped mosque that you can um, – all of it's facing towards Mecca. So it's facing whatever direction Mecca is and how they're building building it, it's faced that way. Um, and so in the inside, they have these like massive chandeliers uh, that are lighting up the inside of this big rectangle mosque um, hallway that you can walk down. And um, in the on the chandeliers, chandeliers are gorgeous. And then at the bottom of the chandeliers, this is what I mean by it was somewhat gaudy, is they have these like weird red and green lights hanging off of them. And so then you get like these kind of neon colored things, like light bulbs hanging off of this like massive white chandelier. And you're like, how did they decide to put those on there? Because in my mind, like, at least in the U.S. and parts of Europe, like there's a lot of like color coordinating and design that go along with these things. And so you just wouldn't combine some of these things together because the design doesn't work. But that's why I think it might have been a gift. And then they just needed to put it up there. But um, but yeah, the, the inside, it just – it was really – it was actually quite beautiful how they had designed the inside of it. And then – um, you walk back around on the outside and the lighting, um, like we were actually there when the sun was setting. And so we could kind of see the lights on the outside of the mosque start to light up as well. So, um, but uh, one other thing that I do want to say about this mosque is that to in, in order to go into them, you have to be covered. So you need to be wearing like long sleeves, long pants, um, and then a headscarf. And I didn't have a headscarf with me. And I thought, oh, maybe they'll provide me with a headscarf because um, I just didn't bring a scarf to cover my head. But I didn't see anyone as I was going in who was fully covered and just wearing a scarf. And so if you're walking in and you're a woman and you're not fully covered, they give you this like full covering. It's not just a headscarf, which is what they do at the Blue Mosque in Istanbul. In Istanbul, they give you like cloth to like wrap around yourself or like a headscarf if you need one. But here they actually give you like a whole dress to put on over yourself with like a hood. <laughs> it's so even though I was like fully covered and I just needed a headscarf, I had to put this whole dress on. Um, and it was just 
is funny because every all all of these foreign foreign women were also wearing these, and I think they thought it was really cool. Um, which it is, and it's always interesting to wear like a different garb, like a different dress. But um, like the point of these hoods on these um, dresses are to cover your hair, and there's so many women who are putting the hood on, but then letting all their hair just come through and like hang out the front of their dress, like outside the front of their hood. And I was like, that defeats the whole purpose of having a hood. Like your head's covered, but your hair's still like, your hair can be showing a little bit, but like, don't just like put all of your hair out outside of your hood. Um, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, I noticed, I mean, there were some women there that would like, scantily clothed on the outside and having to put on these full dresses. And it's just kind of funny that like they would, I mean, obviously this culture is such that like to go into a place of worship, you have to be like completely covered with things. Yeah. And then, but like right outside of it, they're wearing things that like you'd see being worn on the beach, maybe, you know, or maybe not quite that bad, but um, I'll try to put like a picture of, um, uh, from one of the, like of these kind of dresses or robes that you had to wear um, because it was interesting. Most people were wearing that type of thing, but then they were like taking pictures with them and smiling and like um, not being disrespectful, but it, it wasn't like, I doubt it's what they would hope that people would be acting. Like if they were taking pictures in front of this really holy, like for them, this holy place. Um, mm-hmm. But, so when you went in and I was sitting outside, there were a lot of people who would take pictures outside the front of the mosque together, and then they would go through the entry places, um, through the entrances. And some people would take a picture standing together like a couple would. And I actually saw a security guard go over and ask to see this couple's pictures because they were standing together too close or maybe they were like, kissing each other in front of this mosque and like they like you can stand together and take a picture but you can't like be kissing each other or like standing too close because it's too much pda and you're not supposed to be like it's like it's disrespectful for people to be like kissing in front of this mosque and like showing this affection and like holding each other too close, like not wearing enough clothing in front of this mosque. And the Mm -hmm. guy like actually went over, the security guard went over to ask and see their pictures and then would make them delete pictures. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Um, Which I thought was really, really interesting because people have pictures like that in the Taj Mahal, but nobody tells them to not take pictures like that. Like Taj Mahal is considered to be, well, one, it's not a mosque. Two, I can't remember if it's a place of, like, worship. Not the whole place is, at least. But three, it's also known as, like, this place of love. And so nobody would get on to anybody about it. But hmm. Yeah, it was a really interesting interesting place to see. It's probably one of the the coolest mosques that I've seen. I think it's cooler than the, the Sultan I met one in Istanbul. I think they're just different. Like, at least the outside of this mosque was just all white, well-maintained, well-groomed, and just really beautiful in architecture. Um, and the inside was beautiful too. But the Blue Mosque, I think, is is much older for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, probably. I don't know for sure. But like the inside of it is 
of the Blue Mosque in Istanbul just has a lot of traditional work, like traditional tile of like Turkish painted tiles um, all over the place. And so it can't have that same white, clean look to it with like these ancient stones and architecture. Like it just, it can't look the same. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, after that, we had, went to the airport and we ended up getting at the airport um, early. Uh, our flight was at like 4 a.m. and we got to the airport at like 7.30 p.m. And we thought there was a lounge there that we could use, but it turns out we couldn't. Um, and so there was, I needed to get some work done. And so we ended up just renting a hotel that was at the airport. Um, and so we got home about noon after getting up at 1 a.m. And so it was good. It was overall, it was a really good trip. And I'm glad that we went. And then after that, we had a, um, a church retreat that we went on for Thursday, Friday, Saturday and got back. And so it's been a busy couple couple weeks for us. And so now we're going to have, a, I think, at least a couple more weeks where we're just kind of at home. A little bit more downtime, and, a little bit more routine, yeah. a little bit yeah. more of getting some things done and focusing on language. Yeah. So, yep. So that's been us for the last couple weeks. And um, yeah. Uh, so we always like hearing from you and we have a couple questions. Have you been to Dubai? Do you want to go to Dubai? What have you heard about the Emirati culture or things that there are to see in Dubai? Um, we always like to hear from you and hear how your lives are going and um, if there's anything new with you we always like to hear from you so you can send us an email contact us via facebook uh, at our funk travels facebook page or via our website funktravels.com and even through instagram as well at funk travels so we hope you have a great two weeks and we will see you see you in the next episode goodbye bye